Hello and welcome back to A Nomad's Life. Finally, with an episode that's worth carrying the name A Nomad's Life. And it feels like finally, with an episode that I can record in a feeling of feeling alive and feeling life because I'm on the road and because I'm living this kind of life in different places. It's the beginning of August by now and I want to share a little bit about the past couple of months it's been month and a half I think tonight I'm sitting by a fireplace in the forest a place that I found two years ago and that has become a little hideaway for me I'm in Sweden by the way and I'm going to tell you how I got here and what's this place where I'm at. So after I left my home village I drove to Berlin with the aim of going to Sweden to go and photograph for the cookbook but I wanted to go through Berlin because I really wanted to scan my images and it was the birthday of a friend as well and there were a couple of meetings for potential jobs so I only had three days in Berlin and those were very packed and it was quite a culture shock of course coming from my home village coming from isolation and really feeling desperate sometimes and not seeing perspective of anything continuing somehow even though I knew this was not forever but there was just a visible light at the end of the tunnel so coming from that situation to Berlin where there were just loads of people I mean just walking on the street uh, it was just so much fun <laughs> or just to grab a beer and, and sit outside the, the Spiti which is a kind of a Berlin word for a kiosk that's open until late just sitting outside and having a beer and just watching different people walk by and speaking different languages and just life happening oh, it just filled me with so much life as well I stayed with my brother who lives in Berlin for some years now and it was beautiful to see him as well for the first time in four months five maybe quite a long time I have a very good connection with him maybe partly because we shared a room until I was maybe 13 or 14 and he also has that artistic side making music and I went to Tabita's birthday a very good friend from the photography school who got married a couple of years ago and who has a very little child now a baby and it was the first time that I I saw that baby as well and coming to her apartment was just beautiful she lives in an amazing place and it it feels just like in a Berlin movie <laughs> and he's a musician and there were instruments everywhere and and uh, vinyls and just everything it just looks beautiful and feels cozy and they're very beautiful people both of them and they have very beautiful friends that all came over and it was just a very relaxed vibe and it was beautiful to meet people that I that I know and some of them are 
few of them are friends or good friends and some people that I don't know but just coming into a house is there's a good chance you're going to meet beautiful souls and that did happen of course it was a lot of fun and it it made me feel so alive and of course uh, covid was present in in berlin i mean as a as a virus but people were you know wearing masks in the supermarket and all of that but um it felt like people wanted to live and and found ways to to live and yeah it was beautiful to to dive into that and it was beautiful to to have these meetings also for for jobs for next year to meet people that that are interested to have me work for them and that makes me feel like i have some kind of value like someone would would like me to work for them and um someone appreciates what i have to give as a photographer and as a person yeah and that was as i mentioned in the last episode something that was that i was that i was missing and that was really difficult for me to feel so worthless somehow <laughs> i spent a day scanning my images which since quite a while now maybe 7 years i'm doing with with a, a guy named peter who has become a friend and i'm very thankful that he's he's keeping an old lap scanner alive one of these machines that photolabs had and they cost a fortune back then until film photography as a mainstream product just died and tons of labs just closed and those scanners were on the market and he's keeping one of those alive which is quite a mission to keep it alive because it runs on windows 2000 and then transfers to a mac and like the machine itself is kind of a computer and um I'm very happy that he's keeping that alive and i was very happy to to see him in in such a good state actually and very often times it hasn't been like that and i was so happy to to come to berlin and see that somehow in this time of like isolation and pandemic going on he somehow found a way to uh to go out and, and believe in his strength and and meet people and have dates and like like be very alive it was like i met a different person yeah that made me very happy and of course it was making me very very happy to scan all my images from thailand and spent uh i don't know 6 7 hours sitting at that machine going through my films and and scanning and making this next step in the creative pro- process I mentioned this before I think in the first episode that there were different phases and this phase of getting these files of the images and having something to to work with and to to start e- editing it and bringing it into a form and seeing what goes together and I'm really I'm really enjoying that. Oftentimes it's a bit of a a downer somehow to get these scans and sometimes there's disappointment. But this time I didn't I didn't have that so much and like quite quickly I I saw there was lots of there are lots of good stuff in there. And I also went and photographed for Rebecca someone whose wedding I photographed. seven or eight years ago and who was running a law firm and she's a pretty damn cool woman <laughs> i really like her 
Yeah, and I photograph for her law firm sometimes, photographing the the new employees and yeah, she's very appreciative of of that and giving me a lot of credit for her website looking as alive as it does because I'm able to to give lawyers a, like a a human face and not just something that is respectable but behind a wall but that these people are are getting a face as as human beings who are also competent in what they do yeah i mean it's quite different from from what i would do as like my free work but it's beautiful to see that i'm able to bring this into a very different world and give it a bit of a different shape of course but bringing this essence of what i love into this other world and and build this bridge somehow and we also talked about uh, new images for her walls because she expanded a little bit and or quite a bit and there are already some of my images on the wall and we talked about new ones and yeah more about that later yeah i think all in all i don't want to go too deep in into berlin because i'll i'll be back in berlin and uh, i think share a bit more closely about my relation to to that city but all in all it was ah it just it was so beautiful to to feel alive again and feel that i'm in a place that is alive and yeah i am a city boy just like i'm a nature boy and that is something that i feel is kind of rare i have the impression most people are either this and or either that and oftentimes i have the feeling that when i am in one world the side of me that belongs to the other world is not so well received maybe i would like to be a bridge between those two worlds and sometimes i feel that i am able sometimes not so much however i enjoyed the the city boy side of me in berlin it was fun to live that very intensive three days like bam 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 like always stuff to do uh but all of this friends work meetings uh all of that i really enjoyed and it helped me to to get perspective again And then finally I left Berlin after fixing another thing on my car of course because living in a car and owning an old car is a permanent construction site I drove towards the coast in the evening to catch the ferry the next morning I love taking the ferry I love just getting on this boat. I love this whole boat vibe. This I don't know. There's something about being on a boat. There's something about being on the sea and the people that work on boats and on the sea. So bringing my car onto this ferry and then being on this boat and just knowing I'm here now for I think it's 9 hours. and having no internet and just being in this calm space especially in covid times very calm space on the boat i really enjoy that <laughs> i really enjoy that and looking out the window and um yeah walking on the boat and feeling it move and feeling the engine somewhere in in the bottom of the boat and and all that i love it and i used the the time to work to finish my not finish but to do most of the editing of my second workshop about how to getting how to get started with film photography i did that feels good feels good to work and also when the time is limited somehow when the window of 
of working time somehow is limited, I'm much more motivated to do it. And in isolation, it wasn't very limited. <laughs> it just felt like it would be forever. <laughs> and arriving in Sweden, I went to a place that I know, a nice place by a lake, where I stopped and made a fire and felt this peace and silence of this country that I love so much. I love this quiet space, especially by lakes, where you have a view and in the evening the water is still, it doesn't move very much and it's just the, the little noise of the fire. It's really amazing. Like from one day to the other, <laughs> I go from from the city boy loving it to the nature boy loving that just as much. The next day I visited someone that I, I met two years ago on, on couch surfing and now she lived in a in an old abandoned looking farm with just her dog and uh yeah I was there for a couple of days or a day and a half and spent some time with her and, and that was beautiful and it's that's a beautiful thing about being a nomad that you get to know people in different places who appreciate that someone is is coming and visiting and bringing something from from the road I think this used to be much more valued in the past when there was no internet, TV, radio. Like, you know, a hundred years ago, or, a hundred, yeah, a hundred years is probably enough, there was a newspaper and there were people from the next village or maybe from the next city that you would hear stories from. But it's not that YouTube is in your pocket and you can just all day see things from all over the world and talk to people from all over the world. People that came from other places and travelers had stories to tell and brought something into their world which is rather stable and which is not um, filled with so many things happening or so many new things happening. And I think still today, this is valuable, but it's maybe not valued as much anymore in the general eye of the public, I guess. But I do feel that I, I'm still able to, to bring that to people and that they appreciate it. And I guess oftentimes, especially from an outside view, it may look like people who are traveling or hitchhiking or couch surfing they're just taking they're just receiving and they're not giving so much but i think i feel being on that on that side of the one who is moving that there is a lot that i'm able to bring and that feels beautiful as well using the word beautiful a lot today <laughs> i'm feeling very good today <laughs> yeah of course, sometimes I miss having people that I know that are there and that are close and that are like available for me to go and visit them and be with them. Sometimes it feels lonely being on the road. But then also somehow being in one place didn't really work for me in building that kind of network that I feel is good for me and I, I feel content in it. And the next stop was Engsbaka. And this is where I'm now. And I want to share a little bit about how I got here. There are lots of things to, to share about this place. Um, I could go on for a long time. But maybe I'll save some of that for other moments. But just briefly, I got here in 2018 
back then I still had my, my van and I came with this vague idea of photographing a portrait series of the elfish people of the north and I still don't have a like a better title for it so it stays a working title of that series that I'm not very happy with but that's what I came for and until today I'm working on this series but back then in 20, 2018 I crossed the border and I was like so where are the elves hello how I usually do things I go to a country and I'm like so where is whatever I'm looking for which oftentimes I don't even know what I'm looking for and someone that I know from a rainbow gathering Milka she gave me that name as one of few names of places I asked her for places where I could find people like me like her and she mentioned that place and they had a festival coming up the sexability festival which I thought was suitable for another portrait series idea that I had which I ended up never doing so I wrote them an email and I said hey I'm Ken I'm a photographer um, I'm interested in coming and photographing and of course I made an effort I made a nice PDF and didn't get an answer so I just drove there and once I was on the parking I got an email saying oh sorry and we uh, the media team is full and the sexability is anyway not really a place for photography and but I was on the parking so I went in and met the person that wrote me the email and he said the same thing but I'm not giving up like that <laughs> so I gave him my portfolio book which wasn't the greatest back then but I gave it to him and I said look at it and if you think that this is not valuable for you then I'll leave again but I think I'm valuable for you so you should at least check it out you know so he gave it to the guy who was coordinating the media team Stephen and an hour later I sat in his you can call it office if you want and had a chat with him and it turned out that I couldn't just jump into the media team and the sexability was not a place for photography but I felt that this place was was good for me I I felt that I should be there so I said alright I'll, I'll do whatever job um, so I ended up working in the kitchen for the Midsummer Festival and I also started to just photograph like I went to the breakfast team and I spent an hour in the breakfast photographing the breakfast and I started to look for whoever is responsible for, for something here which is in these spiritual community festival kind of places it's a bit of a mission uh, but I managed eventually to find the marketing person who then told me he's not a very visual person which I found was a weird combination <laughs> but uh, okay a place in the media team popped up and so they said uh, you you can have that so for the main festival called No Mind in 2018 I photographed in the media team and after like three four days of doing that uh, I felt I I kind of covered it like I'm used to go to a wedding and like deliver 400 450 photos in 10 hours so being on a festival for three four days I felt like I got it covered and decided to add some some text and to write about my experience in that place and in that festival because I think this is part of what makes my documentary photography what it is that I am in some way becoming part of what I'm photographing 
like when I'm a wedding, when I'm photograph a wedding, I'm behaving as a guest. One that is more curious and one that is moving more than the average guest, but I want to be in there. So here in a place where I'm actually interested and I want to be part of what's going on, that gave me the, the opportunity to to create something that was very much from an inside perspective. And by the end of my stay, um, I had sat with the general manager and I showed her that PDF with images and text and basically saying, look, this is what I can do for you. Are you interested? I was quite proud of myself, I have to say. Because the last time I was in, in a spiritual community in the, in the desert ashram in Israel, I never really got to this point of, of working with my professional skill for the community. And here, within maybe a month or something, five weeks, maybe six, I made it from showing up at the reception to sitting with the general manager and showing her work from that place and saying, look, this is what I've done here. Do you want more? So this is how it started for me. And a lot more things happened. Engsbaka gave me a home when my bus got stolen in that fall in 2018. And I spent the winter in a little wooden hut without insulation, with just a little stove in it waking up at like minus 10, minus 15 degrees in the morning and loving it. <laughs> Spent a, an amazing Christmas that year when the community was really shrunk down to just a few people. And New Year's. And both of these celebrations in such a different way than, than I'm used to having them. Yeah, this is a, a zero drug and alcohol place, by the way. So a little bit more about Engsbaka. It is a course and festival center as a main thing, which is supported by a volunteer program. And this is how they want to put it. But in a way, there is a, a community there which really holds this place and really, which really gives it its soul. And without that, it, it wouldn't be what it is. And of course, workshop leaders and course leaders come and do their thing here and and create basically the content or the program for the people who come and and like pay and make this make this place uh, survive in in the in the current system. But I think all that wouldn't be if it wasn't for the community that really is the base of that place. And the spiritual world is one that attracts me and places like this and the ashram in Israel are places where I feel I can really bloom and I can really fully be who I am without always knocking my head in different places where people find this like too weird or too extreme or not acceptable or maybe they're accepting it but you know they're not really joining in and this is a place where people join in on on the weirdness you know on being whatever you are and and on living your truth and that can be very exhausting when dozens up to like hundreds and 1200 people are all here to live their truth. That's very intense, especially in the summer, like in the, in the festival season, when people come from Stockholm, Gothenburg and like other places to have a break from their usual being in the box life to a place that encourages them to live their truth. It's extremely intense. And the summertime is not necessarily my favorite time because of that intensity that I am struggling with after a while.
to to constantly be in it I, and i don't think i'm a spiritual person in a in a um like in its classic sense i heard all of the chakras a hundred times and i still couldn't name them and i still couldn't say what they stand for and what they mean and even though i've i've joined all these meditations and like things and workshops and courses and here and there is not something that i take and i learn and i remember and i implement it directly as in this is what i learned and this is where i'm using it a lot of it finds its its way into into the i call it the soup like the soup of who i am and how i roll and how i work it finds its way in there as an ingredient but it's a soup it's not a plate of food where you can see this is that and this is that and this is explains this and it doesn't work like that for me i was photographing once in a course of someone here and i was crying for for some reason being there it, i think it was connected to something that wasn't necessarily happening in that moment i don't know it just came out there and and people saw it and and someone said to me you know you can join us for the next module and i said to her and to the rest of the room thank you it's very inspiring to be here and to to hear all of this but it's not for me i need to go and live that i'm only learning it if i'm living it and if i'm going through it and i think that described it very well and this is how it works for me and oftentimes in these workshops i have the feeling of yeah yeah i know what you're talking about i know i know what you're saying i i know that like i know that from my life i may have never put it into that sentence and and gave it that explanation or put it in that context but it's somewhere in my soup and now that you're pointing at it i can i can i know what you're talking about i know it's in my soup but i couldn't take it out as a whole piece and put it on your table and explain you what it is yeah so maybe again you know maybe again this spiritual world is kind of a place like the city world and the nature world where part of me belongs there and part of me resonates with it but it's not something that i can like sign up for and say this is my thing this is fully it i'm going to do yoga and i'm going to wear all these white clothes and like make this group be my group i somehow never belong fully to any group and like signing up for all that they stand for and i guess that's fine with me you know it i i was sad about this for a long time and really longing for this connection to a group and feel part of it and and always feel like it's us and we're all like on the same path together and we're all going to do it together and we all believe in the same things and but i gave that up more and more just accepting that it's 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 just not me i guess and it's a quality at the same time that's what makes me able to go to so many places and to so many different places with different cultures and different ideas and relate to them in some way and understand them and and feel with them but also feel the other perspective and know there are other people that like there are more sides of the coin and there are more ways to look at something than just the one way that you're seeing it that may be a bit extremely said i mean of course in every group there are different variations as well but i think to make the point clear that that's a a good way to put it and i mentioned also in the first episode how 
Yeah, how sometimes this um, commercialized spirituality is, is something that, that can annoy me quite a bit and that can come to the surface a lot in, in these festival times as well. And this year I feel like I'm, I'm not joining so many of these workshops anymore. I almost never miss a dance, <laughs> that's for sure. I enjoy that there's a sauna. Today I had a massage as in part of, it's part of what I get because I'm here working. Yeah, but I don't have the FOMO anymore of having to go to all of these things and not missing anything and, and, and all of these beautiful people that are all over the place that I should meet all of them and so many interesting people and where do I start? It calmed. <laughs> and that's beautiful. I mean, I went out here to make a fire and record this while I'm hearing like people having fun and and screaming and dancing and singing and there's bass from some sound system and all that. And I can sit here and be like, that's that's okay. That's I'm happy everybody's having fun. I'm having fun alone by the fire, <laughs> partying alone. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful hub. It's a beautiful hub for people. Someone once described it um, as a platform on a train station, which is a place where people come and they spend a while there and some people end up spending some more time there or finding finding a job on the train station that makes them be there for a longer time. But the vast majority of people comes and spends some time there and gives something and takes something and learns something and then they move on. Some people just stay for a week when they come for a festival some volunteer for the whole summer and then some end up spending a year three years some move in the village that's you know just around the corner and some people like me have this as an anchor point that they come back to and where they have something to do and where there was something waiting for them and the community in a way is waiting for them as well and then it's time for them to go and to move on again and for me Engsbaka has become one of those places an anchor point my main anchor point in Sweden for sure this time the cookbook was my purpose here it's something that I I signed up for in the euphoria of 2018 when I, I came here and I I love this place and I was super high on energy and like way amazing I want to come back I want I want a purpose here and then someone came and talked about this cookbook and said do you want to like do this with me as the photographer and I said yay let's do that and, and two years later, um, I learned a lot from this. I, I saw I saw this very clear in, in the time that I was here now and that we were intensively cooking and photographing uh, the recipes of, of 20 different chefs. Some of them came here to do it. Uh, close to 70 recipes. That's the longest work project that I took on with someone else usually I work alone and also over many years but signing up with someone to say I'm doing this with you for years that was the first time and it taught me to to be very thoughtful about this in the future to check who am I doing this with and do we vibe with each other do we have the same work ethics and um, do we believe in the same thing? And I think most importantly for me, I need to ask myself, is this really what I burn for? 
this thing that I'm signing up for. And I was burning for Engsbacher. And I, I still am, in a way. But I was never burning for making a cookbook or still life photography. That was never my, my thing to get excited about. And now when we were here and intensively photographing, there, there was a point when it really clashed in the team with the person that I was doing this with. And the really amazing thing in Engsbaka is that there was support. Uh, you have a problem with someone, may that be a friend, someone you work with, whatever, there is someone to turn to. There are people to sit with you and go through a mediation process where they help everyone to, to be heard and to hear the other and to find a way together to solve the problem. And that's what we did. And the woman that was supporting us, she did an amazing job. And in the end, we, us too, need to do the job of finding a way. But holding the space and making it happen in, in the right pace and having an overview over the process, that is something that this support is, is amazing for. And that's amazing about this place and I I guess that's something that is lacking oftentimes in the in the outside world, in the usual capitalistic system you work in an office, whatever, something. I don't think there's much of that. <laughs> Let's hold a space in love and understanding and <laughs> and find a beautiful solution. <laughs> and this place just does it. It's just very important. And you've got to remember that this place is struggling as a course and festival center in times of COVID. Even though Sweden is taking it a bit easier than other countries, but, you know, <laughs> bringing hundreds of, hundreds of people together is not really COVID suitable. So they're struggling, obviously but still supporting us in continuing this product, project um, and still having, like seeing this as an important part to have people on site who, who help in conflict, conflict situations. And I'm finishing my photography part in it. Like I don't, I'm not leaving a job unfinished and I care about the product and I care about my part in the product. But I also saw that it's time to let go of it now that other qualities come into play that that I'm just not the right person for I'm I'm not a person that can lay out an entire book in a in a very good way so I'm giving it away and hopefully putting it into someone's hands where I feel that they do the magic and then we'll see what kind of purpose I can have here in the future. There was another project that I was running, the Humans of Engsbacher, like a portrait and interview series. But maybe I'll just, yeah, also be here less in the future and find new places and new ways. The understanding of of the idea that nothing is permanent and that things come and go is something that is very much practically lived when being a nomad. And the illusion of, of the ability to, to, to create stability and, and like consistency in everything in life um, it doesn't. It just doesn't work. When you know, it's not. The, it's not. It's just not the idea of of being on the road. And whatever one is trying to to build as something permanent, is eventually gonna break. It may take a lot of time, but everything is gonna break. 
like the fire that just broke into pieces. <laughs> I'll rearrange that. I love doing the fire. Just don't want to set the forest on fire. So we'll see. I felt really good here this time. It was, yeah, sometimes or in the beginning, it was in the first two, three weeks, it was very stressful. But I really needed it. After isolation, I really enjoyed waking up, having someone expecting me to show up and and uh, and do my magic and I felt comfortable in this place and I felt like I'm meeting new people in my very own way that doesn't need connection games and hand-holding eye-gazing games I can just come and be a person and, like things just work out and like connections are, are just coming I want to mention that I met someone here at the end of 2018, I mentioned her briefly at the end of the first episode, and a close and intensive connection grew out of that, that was very close for about a year and a half, um, but then it really looked like we needed to go uh, separate ways and, and have different focuses in our lives had a lot to do with the idea of, or what I was struggling with, let's say, in that connection, had a lot to do with the idea of, of living polyamorous, which is something that a lot of people are experimenting with here in Engsbaka. And it's something that I'm somewhat curious about, just because looking around, there are hardly any monogamous couples that I look at and where I feel like, wow, you've been together for 20 years or for 40 years and it looks like it was a good idea to do that. <laughs> Just too many times it doesn't look like it's been a good idea. And really living like polyamorous, not like an open relationship, but really relating closely to different people that is quite an extreme form and even though i'm somewhat curious in like what's going on in this in this direction of alternatives to monogamy i figure that this is this is quite too extreme for me especially at this point like i don't know how i feel when i'm together with someone for 15 years maybe maybe i would feel different about it but it's not it's not something I want to to like start a connection with with that being something that is in the main focus. And now I'm here and eventually she came as well after a while. And that's uh, it's interesting, it's weird sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. I always established a good connection with women that I've been with for a while. Some are closer, uh, some are not so close. Um, but I'm somewhat in connection with all of them and I, I have a good connection with all of them. And I... I I think we can have that as well, but it may not quite be the time yet to to be able to to find another way and establish another way of of being good friends in some way or somewhat else than very close 
remotely connected people and especially coming to a place where there's lots of young and beautiful amazing people that all not all but where lots of them are very up for some adventures or finding the love or finding the new polyamorous partner in the triangle whatever uh, it can quite be, it can be a, it can be a difficult situation to to find like a new start with someone uh, to find to, to establish a, a new way when it always feels like around the corner there could be the the person that she may be uh, starting a, a connection with and also for me getting to know someone when she's around it, it doesn't feel so very free somehow but everything will find its way I'm sure of that and I I don't have some, I don't feel so much time pressure with that as well yeah that was a lot about Ingsbaka and there's so much more there's so much more but uh, I think it's been a long time already who knows, maybe I'll be back at some point, sooner or later, and, and talk more about it. But for now, I think I'm leaving soon. Uh, soon I'm finished with, um, with the cookbook work, and I'm doing some of my own stuff, because here there's, like, you know, desks and electricity and internet and all of that kind of luxury. So I'm trying to get lots of other things done. I'm enjoying being in this place, but the whole festival vibe, which is smaller this year, obviously. The festivals are not as big as they are usually, and it's not necessarily... They call it conscious camping with the themes that usually are the festivals. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it may, it may be enough for me of this high festival energy and um, I'm, I'm really excited to go to other places in Sweden and the portrait series that I didn't talk about it now I, I'm, I'm sure I'll get to this at a later point um, that is something that I'll go and, and meet other people for and photograph other people and go and photograph more nature as well for that um, yeah that's really exciting I'm maybe I'm I may be fi maybe finishing it I'm, I'm I'm kind of aiming at finishing this series this year or maybe this winter we'll see and I'm really excited to to get on the road maybe in a week or so to uh, to go meet other people, uh, photograph, like go into this phase again, this this peak phase that I mentioned in the first episode, to have that again with different people um, and create something. And at the end of this episode, the highlight of the day, which I mentioned uh, briefly in the beginning or what was leading up to it, Rebecca, the lawyer, she's buying two huge prints off of me to put them in uh, in her beautiful space in the law firm. A meter 80 by a meter 35 and a meter 50 by a meter 50. Huge prints. I'm, I'm going to have to to do new scans of the negatives because because they're just going to be gigantic and the scans I have are not really made for that and I'm getting a very good price for it which obviously is very valuable in a in a year where my usual income sources are, are, are just disappeared from one week to the next but it is especially um, important for me because it is a valuation of my free work it's a valuation of something that I would do even if I would never get a penny for it because I just have to do it I just it needs to just come out of me through this camera 
onto this paper and having someone who says I appreciate your work so much that I'm going to give you a lot of money for prints of your work that just enables me to keep going like <laughs> as unromantic that may sound but it's like I need to survive you know I need some money I, I learned to live with very little but just to be a photographer like money is involved cameras films scans like prints if I want to make a book you know all of this just needs money and then I live in a car but also the car needs to be fixed and it wants petrol in it and um, you know I need to pay my health insurance and the state is like hey if you're a photographer you need to pay this and this and that so after like what is it maybe seven years that I'm really actively doing my free work it just feels beautiful to have some more of that appreciation coming in and having my work printed in oh yeah the drawn magazine 20 pages of one series that I did in this magazine and being paid for it I'm not greedy and it's it's not about ego. I don't really care so much about my name being on something. Like I need to care, sadly, if, if, you know, the world is not just a place where you just throw something out there and like magically health insurance and films come back. Like it needs to, to go through this system of, of money at this point. Like we don't have another spiritual universe system in place that gives me films and scans so um so yeah putting my name on things is 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 necessary to um to kind of let people know and this i did this like this the, i'm the source and like you know if you want to put it on your wall it kind of needs to go through me so that i can survive <laughs> um yeah, but it's just it's just beautiful to feel that appreciation um, through the form of money, and I'm very excited. Like, obviously, as a photographer, I'm very excited to to go to Berlin and to um, have the images scanned and edit them and have them printed on fucking massive sizes and and uh, be in her beautiful office and putting them in the, on the wall and like see how they work in the space that they hang in it's a beautiful process and that is you know that is the kind of place where as a visual artist that's where you that you want you want your work to be in some beautiful place and see it and be like this really gives value to this place this room really lives because my work is in it and and becomes part of something something bigger and contributes to it and just looks beautiful so today was a very beautiful day and that that happening today having that sealed with rebecca and saying okay let's do it that really made my day and I put my headphones on and I, <laughs> I went for went for a crazy dance, crazy happy dance. Um, and it's not just today. It really is a, it really is a time that I that I feel alive in and where I feel I can. I can really bloom and I can flourish and I can. I can give my gift and I can be the best version of me and I can receive as well and I can be around beautiful people and I can also be happy with just being alone and just being Ken alone in the nature and also enjoying that. Um, yeah, and I feel happy that I get to finally share that after quite some, I don't know, <laughs> lots of dark times just where I... <laughs> I didn't feel so much fun to 
to be a nomad or it just wasn't possible or I, my 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 vision was just darkened by things yeah it got very light again and it's going to get dark as well at some point but uh, now I'm riding the wave and I'm really enjoying that and I'm saying bye bye for now maybe I'll put you next to the fire and uh let you listen to that for a bit and wish you a good time as always get in touch if you like with whatever comes to your mind or to your heart I'd be happy to read it or to hear it and then if you like you can hear me here soon again bye bye